Now, welcome to another inspiring edition of Sound Insight with Dr. Tom Curran. Good morning. Welcome to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. It's great to be with you today. Today is, well, it's the feast of St. Peter of Alcantara. Now, he, you probably haven't heard of him. He is he's the priest who was the spiritual director to St. Teresa of Avila. And that's a pretty cool thing to reflect on. And I'm going to talk about that because you will have an impact on people and on the world more than you know. I'm going to tell you a story about that today on Sound Insight. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a, a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Hey, welcome to the program. Good morning. I'm going to share some stories today after I pray that I think you'll find, well, not just neat, but I think it'll cast a light on your life that'll help you realize you're having a bigger impact than you know. Did you hear that? You are having more of an impact on this world than you realize. Okay? So let's pray, and then I'm going to start unfolding this in terms of some stories that I think you'll find neat, um, but more than neat, it'll, it, it might cast a light on your life that will encourage you. So let's begin. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, good and gracious God, we do love you and thank you and praise you for all of the ways that you take care of us, you watch over us, you bless us. Lord, I thank you for the people that are in our lives who uh, who have impacted us in a way that we then impact others, those that have shaped and molded our lives. And so, Lord, I ask uh, that you would bless those dear ones who have been a source of blessing from you. And I make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, today, as I mentioned, the feast day of St. Peter of Alcantara, he was a 16th century saint, so that was during the time of the Protestant Reformation, right? And the Catholic Counter-Reformation. And when you think about who the saints were that God raised up during the 16th century to withstand the Protestant Reformation, but foster a Catholic Reformation and a Catholic Counter-Reformation— you would ordinarily think of St. John of the Cross and St. Teresa of Avila. They are, they're in Spain. In fact, you look and see how Spain had the least impact um, in terms of the European countries. They were, they, were, um, they were much less impacted than many other countries in uh, Europe. And, and it was because of the influence of the saints. And so when we think about St. John of the Cross, we trace back to St. Teresa of Avila. She was the one who was an inspiration to St. John of the Cross. But here's the question. Who was behind St. Teresa of Avila? Who was it that helped her 
get to clarity, get to a sense of insight into what God was asking of her in her life. You probably hadn't heard of St. Peter of Alcantara, and yet, or Alcantara, uh, but, uh, but in fact, he had this hidden but profound influence on the life of St. Teresa of Avila. And, and through her, he had an impact on the church of the time, right? The church in Spain, but then the Catholic church that was going about the work of a counter-reformation, the church was in need of reform, and the Discalced Carmelites, the, the reform of the Carmelite community that was inspired by St. Teresa of Avila and St. John of the Cross. In, in a certain sense, it's traced back to St. Peter of Alcantara, Alcantara. And so that's really beautiful. So I want you to hold on to that, that there are hidden people, well, relatively hidden, right? Hidden to many of us. There are hidden people in the, the life of this world who are having a really big impact on the world, and the wider world doesn't really know it. The wider world doesn't really appreciate it. And so, oh, by the way, this can be on the positive side as well as on the negative side. Earlier this week, we celebrated the Feast of St. John Paul II. This feast was on Sunday, so... Many folks actually didn't uh, didn't honor or, or acknowledge his feast day because it's displaced by Sunday as a holy day. And yet, when I think about his impact when it comes to helping people overcome negative influences on our lives that also have effects down through the generations, down into the world... How do those negative effects get disentangled? How do we become freed from negative spiritual, attitudinal, uh, let's call them consciousness impacts, impacts of how we see ourselves, see the world, see our relationships? The negative impact of sin, sinful attitudes, sinful ways of relating to us, sinful speech, towards us, those things can deeply scar us and wound us. And many people go through the rest of their lives unhealed, uh, still bound up in knots, still diminished in their own like uh, ability to, to see themselves and see the world around them with a, with a, a bright openness in accord with God's call. And, and St. John Paul II gave us this gift message that each person is a gift and that we come into the realization, we come into the consciousness that you are a gift, I am a gift, through an encounter with Jesus Christ, through looking into his eyes. It's the encounter with Jesus. It's the encounter looking him in the eyes. He's breaking through my lack of awareness to show me that he sees me and not just sees me, but is loving me. And, and in loving me, he's going to begin to disentangle and, and like our, our, our blessed mother, the untire of knots. Jesus is going to untie the knots in our memories, in our attitudes, and, and even, let's call them uh, the generational 
inheritances, the generational blockages, curses, and, and, and sin that, that has downstream effects on our lives. The Lord can, can redeem that. The Lord desires to redeem that. And St. John Paul II has a beautiful way of, of looking at life and looking at the person to be, provide a basis for us to come to healing. So if, uh, as I have time towards the end of the program, later in the program, I'm going to talk more about that. I've talked about that before on the program, the purification of memories and the healing of those wounds that, that touch us so deeply. I want to talk about the more positive side. I want to talk about the positive impact that you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, are having in this world, even beyond what you know. Okay? Beyond what you know. So I've introduced a new spiritual practice into my life. And it is um, writing notes. I, I pray now, as part of my morning prayer, I say, Lord, who would you have me write a note to? Lord, I want to express gratitude and I want to express whatever message you have, Lord, for the people that you've brought into my life. People that have touched my life and impacted my life. And I, I got to tell you, I, I love it. it. It takes some time. It takes some thought, some reflection, some prayer to be able to do that. And so I'm writing two a day. We'll see how long it lasts, but so far, so good. And I, I'm, I, I love the opportunity to be able to do that. It's just a matter of making it a discipline. Well, what this has done is it's brought to my mind, let's call it the St. Peter of Alcantara impact, that there can be a hidden impact on your life or a hidden impact that you can have on someone else's life that then unfolds in ways that go beyond what you did not even imagine. So I'm going to tell you about a letter I wrote yesterday to a fellow. His name is Jim Dagnan. And he is not hearing this program. He is down in Louisiana. <laughs> so it's, uh, I don't mind telling the story. So this story goes back 20 years. And I was giving a talk, it was a workshop, as part of a conference for the Western Washington Catholic Charismatic Renewal. I believe the conference was in Lakewood or Tacoma, and there were, uh, I, I think I was giving a few talks during the conference, during the event. And one of the talks I was giving was on leadership. And I don't quite remember exactly, like, the content of it, but it had something to do with like how to be a godly leader and and how that's different from worldly leaders and or, or what are insights that we can take and then advance anyways uh, after the talk this fellow comes up to me and he says hey i really i love the, this content this is really good and he asked me he said well you know how do you go about sharing this content. And I talked to him about the fact that I did, uh, I, I was doing, I did talks on leadership and uh, I would train leaders and I would also coach leaders. Now, coaching as a discipline only goes back to the late 90s where um, professionals would hire 
outside of sports, professionals would hire someone to walk with them and to help them come to insight and then take action on matters that would help them to grow or help their teams to grow or help their businesses to grow, right? So that's coaching. And it would be, you know, kind of a subset of consulting services that people might offer. So I mentioned that. And he said, have you ever thought about coaching in a, prof- in a, a corporate America setting? And I'm like, well, all of my leadership formation and training and, and teaching and coaching have been in church settings. And he said, well, let me tell you, this content is really good, and I would love to give you an opportunity to talk to the folks who are putting together a program at the company where I am directing the HR. I direct human resources. And I'm like, yeah, that'd be awesome. I would love to do some coaching in corporate America, but I'd never taken one class. I've never had one lecture on business in my life. I had done philosophy and theology and worked in church settings. And he said, well, I, you know what? Let me introduce you to the person who's overseeing the process of selecting our executive coaches. And let's see if there's an opportunity there. I said, great. I said, what's your company? He said, well, it's a company called the Boeing Company. <laughs> Boeing, of all places. And I'm like, you kidding? He said, no, no. I will put you in touch with the person who's overseeing those who are taking a look at all of the executive coaching, uh, uh, executive coaches and executive coaching businesses that have been working through a process of selection to be among the 20 executive, uh, external executive coaches that will serve Boeing executives. I'm like, awesome. So... Uh, a uh, maybe it was like less than a week later, and and here's the thing: it was perfect timing because they were just about to launch the program, and so I ended up uh, talking to the woman who is overseeing the people who are doing the selection process, and um, she said to me, "Hey, um, why would I want to involve you as one of our?" external executive coaches. Um, She said, we've gone through a rigorous six-month process where we took in all of these proposals, vetted them all. They have extensive experience and backgrounds serving executives as coaches. Why would we include you? I said, well, I said two things. The first was, I've spent my entire career in coaching, serving leaders who work for an international organization that has multiple layers of administration and helped them discover and address the most pressing issues that are holding them back from being able to grow. He said, really? What's, she said, really? What's the name of that organization? I said, the Catholic Church. <laughs> Boeing is big and it's international and has multiple layers of administration and lots of leaders that need help and being able to grow. But you know what? It's not as big as the Catholic Church. 
And I had a lot of experience working at the international level, the continental level, the national level, the diocesan level, and I'd worked with a ton of leaders. And so that was the first thing I said. The second thing I said was, well, why should you consider me? I said, well, why don't you let me coach you right now? Let's talk. What's something that you're addressing right now that you're struggling with right now? And let me coach you through it. She's like, wow. Okay, let's go. And so I, on the spot, live, right there, worked through an issue with her by coaching her through it. And at the end of the interview, what did she say? I'll tell you in a minute. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Hey, welcome back to Sound Insight. So here we are. I just finished interviewing, uh, coaching the person in charge of the team that is choosing coach exe- external executive coaches for Boeing. And I finished coaching and uh, she said, We'll get back to you. And I said, thank you. I hung up. And about five minutes later, I got a call from the executive administrative assistant of the woman that I had just coached and who had just interviewed me with her two other leaders. And she said, hey, I don't know who you are, but she came out of that room with this big smile on her face and this enthusiasm and excitement. She told me to call you and say, you are one of our coaches. <laughs> I was blown away. That was so amazing. And here's, here's what happened. As a result of that, I had a chance to serve in the Boeing company. I served for about 11 years. I was serving executives, and that means program managers and, and other like senior leaders at the Boeing company in a variety of ways, helping them to, um, you know, figure out, discern, and, and take action on strategic challenges in, in their, some of their major programs, helping to develop their high potential leaders, uh, going to uh, the Boeing Leadership Center for a week at a time, and helping their, some of their senior executives to improve their presentations, like high stakes presentations, and being able to help equip them doing that. Well, not only did I, you know, grow myself and learn a ton by serving these executives in this amazing company uh, and and got to continue to develop and advance my own skill set, my own skills, but two other major impacts happened. The first was God gave me my tent making God gave me my tent making. Now, some of you know what I mean by that. What do I mean by that? Well, 
let me ask you the question. What did St. Paul do for a living? Well, wait a minute. St. Paul, he was the apostle to the Gentiles. He was uh, a Pharisee. He was converted and, and, and he was an evangelist. That's what he did. Well, that's not what he did to make money. What did he do to make money? He was a tent maker. Did you ever hear that? Did you know that? When you think about what St. Paul did, do you think of him making tents? No, you think of him preaching the gospel. Well, if you take a look at one of his letters, it says that he was a tent maker so that he would have the funding and finances he needed so that he could offer the gospel free of charge. He could do his preaching and teaching and discipling and evangelizing and, and traveling and, and proclaiming Jesus. And so God took care of him. And how did God take care of him? Well, in part, by his own willingness to build tents. So he was a tent maker in order to be able to preach the gospel. And so I, God gave me the tent making. What was so fascinating was that the, in the 14 years that I had been working for the church from 89 to 2003, I continued to exercise leadership, grow as a leader, be among leaders, learn from the best of the best Catholic leaders of evangelization and of ministries, literally from around the world and especially around the United States. I was poured into by these consultants and leadership organizational consultants who would serve in corporate America, but also Catholic. And so they were pouring into me and helping forge and shape me to, to have an impact in the church. And lo and behold, there was this overflow through the open door that Jim Dagnan gave, Jim Dagnan opened a door for me because of his role so that I could have an opportunity to see if I was a fit to try out for the Boeing company. And again, I did that for 11 years. But then, you know, the second thing, I said there were two things. The second thing that that led to was whenever at that point forward, I would talk to a CEO a business owner, a senior leader in another corporation. And they said, oh, you're an executive coach or you do strategy consulting. Oh, wh wh where have you worked? And all I'd have to say is the Boeing company was my biggest client and had been for 10 years. What does that immediately do? It just gave credibility. It just gave credibility to be able to open a door for me to then have a conversation with them. And, and all of the question marks just disappeared. Because if I could successfully and fruitfully serve them, then you know what? I could probably serve their company as well, this, this, this other client's company as well. And so it ended up opening doors for the last 20 years. Not only in those 10 years that I was serving the Boeing company, but other clients opened up and came to me because of that. Connections that I got opened up to me because of that. And then other companies opened up because of that. And so I was able to have that tent making accompany me through the last 20 years of my life. And it's amazing because 
ministry has not provided for my family. The work in ministry, being on the radio and giving talks and running a ministry, it did not provide and had never provided the financial uh, needs that I had to be able to provide for my family. God blessing me with a wife and nine kids and then all the expenses involved and all of that. It was this tent making, this coaching and consulting that I would do part time. I would only do it enough so that I could stay in ministry. Does that make sense? Now, that then shifted to my work in real estate. So as I had started to help families discern moving and then take action to uproot and move their family, and for the last two years as a licensed real estate agent, you know what the insights have been that I've principally brought to bear in serving buyers and sellers as a real estate agent? It was all of the same skills that I used and developed as a coach and consultant over the last 20, 12, now 25 years. So it's amazing. It's just amazing when you, like, that's a whole tree of activity. Like when I'm serving buyers or sellers, you know, the principal things I'm doing, I'm coaching them. I'm having a dialogue that will lead them to insights so they'll know how to take an action. It's, it's coaching through and through. <laughs> any, any sophisticated real estate agent is going to be a good coach. It, you have to be a good coach because you're brought into someone's life at a, at a point where they're very vulnerable. They're trying to make a major life decision. And a person, an agent, a real estate agent ought to be very humble and approach these people in their situation with deep reverence, with real reverence for the situation that they're facing. And not only that, but to be able to listen deeply and be able to draw out questions and help them come to insight about what's going to be the best decision for them helping them get that clarity so they know how to take action. That's a coaching capability. And then when it comes to helping a buyer or a seller know how to, well, if it's a seller, know how to properly evaluate their home, identify how to best market that home, identify who the ideal buyer is, designing all of the marketing strategically to be able to reach those buyers, and then being able to communicate in a way that's strategic and, and understand what's at stake in these moments of communication with the other realtor, knowing how to negotiate. And then the same thing is true on the buying side, to be able to accompany that family, to be able to find the right house. Those are all consulting gifts that I had developed over the course of these past decades and put them at the service of the, the companies that I had been serving and now putting them at the service of the uh, real estate clients that I'm serving. Okay, do you know who I have to be grateful for, for that gift? Yeah, there, there are a lot of people on the one hand. Yeah, and all those people you can trace back to God on the other hand. But without Jim Degnan, without Jim sitting in on that workshop 20 years ago, without Jim sensing and seeing something in me and feeling prompted and taking action to come up after the talk and introduce himself to me so humbly and to open a door for me 
because of the position God had given him and, and clearing the path so that I could enter that door, I wouldn't have had Boeing as a client. And if I didn't have Boeing as a client, all that I would have missed out on in terms of forming and shaping and molding my skills and, and my capacities and, and the, 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 the level of people I was able to interact with over those years and, and, and competencies I developed, trace back to Jim Degnan, Jim Degnan. And then the way that that overflowed into the rest of my career for the last, again, this is now a 20-year impact. That man has had a 20-year impact on my life that literally changed the financial picture that my family was able to live enabled me to do ministry for 20 years and be able to financially also take care of my family for 20 years and now fruitfully enables me to help families who are discerning moves in the last two years, all because of the gift of that one man. And you know what? Honestly, I don't know if I've ever mentioned him before in a talk. I don't think I've ever mentioned his name before. Maybe, I don't know, here or there in the last 20 years, I, I might have mentioned that, oh, he, this fellow, opened a door for me at Boeing, but not really pondering how one conversation could open a door to a whole new horizon for someone's life. Open up a whole new vista of what's possible for someone's life. And I, I share that with you because you will have conversations. You will have meetings. You will have moments of connection that will be an opportunity for you to share something, to follow some prompting and take an action that just might be a new door for someone to enter into a whole new life. And that's part of how God has equipped us as this body of Christ, as human beings that share this common humanity and been planted in this moment in history. Please do not doubt the fact that you are unique and precious in the eyes of God and that he has designed you specifically to be born and to live in this moment in history amongst the relationships that you have so that a gesture that you make, a deed that you do, a word that you share just might sow a seed or open a door or create an opportunity for someone to take a step forward into a path that is going to change their lives. If, and, and let me, let me just continue to unfold this because some of you are saying, I don't work at Boeing. I'm not the head of human resources at Boeing, so I don't have that opportunity. Okay, so if I said to you, who is the most famous woman that was alive 
25 years ago, 1998. If you showed this person's picture, this woman's picture uh, around the world and said, who is she? Who would that be? That would be Mother Teresa, right? Saint Teresa of Calcutta. The only other person that has even a chance of matching her fame and notoriety, her recognizability, would be Princess Di. And so Mother Teresa, you look at the impact she's had. And if I said to you, is there someone that has had a greater impact as a woman in the 20th century than Mother Teresa? You might say, well, not even close. Or, boy, she, it'd be difficult to find, quickly name someone who's had a greater impact. And I'd say, oh yeah, Mother Teresa's mother. Mother Teresa's mother. When you hear Mother Teresa, St. Teresa of Calcutta, talk about the influence and impact of her mother's witness, her mother's life of prayer, and her mother's message to her about the call that she had in life. Without Mother Teresa's mother, there is no Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa's mother had such an impact on her life that was, again, it opened up. God used that design of that family to say, not only have I created Mother Teresa for this moment in history, but for Mother Teresa to be Mother Teresa, I need her mother to be the mother that she was in her motherly care for the saint that the Lord had designed for the 20th century. All right, 21st century moms, do you now see where I'm going with this? If not, I'll tell you in a minute. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Kern. It's great to be with you today. So I am talking to an audience that is full of individuals that have been personally, specifically, exquisitely designed and deployed by our Heavenly Father to be alive in this moment in history and to fulfill a purpose that can impact the entire flow of history in the world and in the church. That's who you are. You've been designed by God and deployed by our Heavenly Father to make a world-changing, game-changing difference. And you are already doing that by the influence you have, by the love that your kids see when, you, when they look in your eyes, by the words you speak that sow life into the person at the checkout stand in the supermarket, by the person that you talk to after mass at coffee and donuts, by the, uh, the, the person that you work with uh, or you see in the workplace, and you speak into their lives a word that you feel prompted to say, you literally have no idea about the difference that your word makes that your presence has, that the look that you carry with you in your eyes, the spirit that you radiate from your person, the life that you live by example is washing over and sowing into the lives of those who are around you. The 
capacity that you have to have that kind of difference is something that we don't often think about. It's something that it's, it's obscured to us. We just see ourselves as so average or often below average. We see ourselves held back. We focus on our own limitations. We are hounded by our own failures. We feel so hamstrung by the wounds that carry us into the future and that make us feel so limited in our today. But we miss out on recognizing the fact that your today, brothers and sisters, please be open to it. Say a prayer for this, that you will recognize the world-changing encounter that you will have today with a precious soul that God has designed to come into contact with you for an encounter that just might tear open the heavens and help that dear soul come to realize that they have a loving father who sees them and knows them and has sent his son to set them free and has his spirit ready to lavish upon them and release within them so that they can know their true identity as children of God. And they can fulfill a purpose that is not only radiant in this world, but that will outlive this world. You have the opportunity to do that today. And that opportunity might be with the ones that are right around you at your breakfast table, your lunch table, your dinner table, the ones that you're hanging around with in the evening. It might be the people that you see during the day, whether you're Uh, homeschooling, you're going to some co-op, whether you are in the workplace, whether it's a neighbor, whether it's some group that you're a part of, don't, don't think that you're hanging around with ordinary people, average people, or people that somehow don't have the need to have this impact by you. You just don't realize it. And so my prayer for you, is that the Lord would unveil before your eyes the people that he has brought into your life that he intends for you to be a game changer, a world changer, to to provide an open door so that people can go further than they ever have before. It's given me a whole new way of looking at the, the meetings that I have. I will meet once to twice a week with people who are saying, Tom, can I bend your ear? I just want to talk through what's happening in my career right now. Tom, can you help me? Can can we get together? I want to talk about some situation happening in my family right now. And I just, I love having those conversations. I love it. Because that's my sort of natural spirit of service. But now I'm looking at it differently. Now I've begun to stop and say, I say, wait a minute, wait a minute. (laughs) This could be one of those opportunities where I could be the Jim Degnan. I could be the Jim Degnan and maybe help them come to an open door that they would be able to walk through that will help them find tent-making ability for their family's life, help them figure out the next step in their life. Or maybe that person's going to be the next Jim Degnan in my life. Whoa. 
can you imagine, Tom, God's not done blessing you with Jim Degnans. He's not, bless- he's not done blessing you with people who are going to say, hey, I heard you, I saw you, I've listened to you, I've watched you, I know what you're about, I want to approach you and open a door. I want to give you an opportunity to walk through a door. And you know what? I should be open to that. I should be open to that. I am so regularly doing this for others, I'm feeling a little bit convicted that I should let people do that for me. (laughs) I'm so not like that. That's not my personality. I'm feeling awkward even right now saying this because I had absolutely no intention of going down this path. But it's one of those moments where I feel prompted, and so I'm going to obey the prompting. Well, all right. If some of you are saying, Tom, I want to be the next Jim Degnan in your life, let me know. I would love to hear from you and connect with you. You can reach out to me. You can go to my website, drtomcurran.com, and just click on the Connect with Tom. Dr. Tom Curran, D-R-T-O-M-C-U-R-R-A-N. Just reach out and just say, I felt prompted, Tom. I want to be that Jim Degnan. I want to reach out to you, and I want to share something with you. I am open to receive that. I humbly say yes to a new door being opened in front of me for what the Lord wants to do because he's designed your life and mine to fulfill his purposes in the time that we have, and that's all I want to do. I want to fulfill his purposes with the time that I have. And so please, you can reach out. You can also email me, tom at drtomcurran.com, tom at drtomcurran.com. That's another way to just email me, and I would love to talk with you. Um, the last point is this, is I want you to stop and think about the people that God has placed in your life that gratitude ought to flow. The people in your life that God has blessed you with to say, hey, I want to open a door for you. I want to introduce you into a relationship, a connection, a a path for you to think about in your life or an opportunity to to take advantage of in your life. And I'm going to encourage you to reach out to them. Maybe call them. Maybe write them a note. I think there's something powerful about a handwritten note, about that, that kind of message and the difference that that can make. I don't want to doubt that. In fact, if I receive a handwritten note, well, you think about it. When you receive a handwritten note from someone and it's more than just a couple lines long and, and it says something that is, you know, touching, it's meaningful and it's authentic, doesn't that have power? It really does. Uh, well, it, it, it can. And so I'm going to encourage you to, 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 to maybe think about taking on that practice that I just shared. You know, this morning, if you haven't prayed yet, or if you're going to Mass, give the Lord permission to prompt someone in your mind. And in the way that I do it, I say, Lord, Lord, I got my two cards in front of me. Here they are. They're blank. I don't know who I'm writing to. And Lord, just prompt the name. Prompt the name. 
And as I mentioned to you yesterday, when I did that in the morning, after I did my typical morning prayer routine, he was one of the names that showed up. And what's, what's really like, wow, about that is that I haven't thought of him in, I don't know, 10, 15 years. I haven't talked to him in 10 or 15 years. And he bubbled up. So I dug out his contact information and off the letter went. Back in a minute. Hey, welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. So I want to share with you now a text from a book that was like an open door for me. A book that was an open door that in walking through it, it has provided such an enriched horizon for my life. That's one of the ways that you, in fact, can be a gift to other people and help transform their lives is by sharing with them books, podcasts, uh, videos, uh, you know, locations to go pray that, that have impacted you. This particular book is called Who is Man? It's written by, it's actually a series of lectures given at Stanford University 60 years ago by Abraham Heschel. Abraham Heschel is a Jewish rabbi. And the book, Who is Man, are the lectures that reflect on what does it mean to be a human being? What does it mean to be human as a human being? What's that experience like? And the reason why this book came into my life was because of the professor who taught the class called The Human Person. And in that class, Father Mark Noonan, the professor, introduced me to... Abraham Heschel and his writings, and St. John Paul II and his understanding of the person as gift. So 20 years before uh, the uh, theology of the body craze hit the Catholic Church, the understanding of the person as gift was being sown into my life by this incredible professor, this holy priest who would also become my spiritual director, Father Mark Noonan. And boy, I could, I've done programs on him before in terms of the impact he has had. But for right now, I want to share with you what was shared with me, which is this book, but not the whole book, just an excerpt from it. The book, again, is called Who is Man? by Abraham Heschel. S-H-E-S-C-H-E-L. Heschel. And I share it with you because it, beautifully confirms the message that I was sharing with you in the course of this program. He says this. He says, looking upon myself from the perspective of society, and by the way, I'm going to be kind of gently editing this so that it's easier to hear on the radio rather than just read. Looking upon myself from the perspective of society or thinking comparatively, I'm an average person. Facing myself intimately, immediately, I regard myself as unique, as exceedingly precious, not to be exchanged for anything else. I would not like my existence to be a total waste, an utter absurdity. No one will live my life for me. No one will think my thoughts for me or dream my dreams. 
my own life, placed as it is in the midst of so many other lives, is not simply being in the crowd, being around, being part of the environment. But it's only at the center of my consciousness that I'm distinct. But it's through the awareness that I'm not only an everybody that I grow as a somebody, as an individual, as a person, as someone that cannot be repeated, someone for which there is no duplicate, no substitute. And it is in this awareness of my being someone that my freedom comes to pass. I'm exceedingly noteworthy, exceedingly relevant to myself. But it's this notability of my existence that becomes elusive when I look at it from the outside, from the perspective of society, from the viewpoint of generalization. In other words, although my uniqueness is a matter of personal certainty to me, it looks like a conceit from the perspective of statistics. Even though it brings me a light from the inside and it's clear to me from the inside, my own notability seems opaque, if not absurd, from the outside. In the eyes of the world, I repeat, I'm an average man. But within my own heart, I am not an average human being. To my own heart, I'm of great importance. The challenge I face is how to actualize, how to concretize the quiet eminence of my being. Beyond all agony and anxiety lies the most important ingredient of self-reflection, the preciousness of my own existence. To my own heart, my existence is unique, unprecedented, priceless, exceedingly precious, and I resist the thought of gambling away its meaning. The truth of human being is the love of being alive. It's a result of extreme abuse and desecration of being that man brings upon himself the punishment of disgust with being. Disgust of being, a sense of being trapped in the world, is really a situation of being trapped in presumption. When man becomes his own idol, the tablets are broken. Is not the exaggerated anxiety about death due to presumption, the unspoken claim to go on living without dying. And then he quotes the Sanhedrin, uh, the, uh, the, the reflections on the Torah. Man is obliged to say, it is for my sake that the world was created. And then he goes on to say, there's a task that only I and I alone can carry out. A task so great that its fulfillment may epitomize the meaning of all humanity. And so he goes on from there, but I'll, I'll just stop there. And you just hear this, and it's like, that is so powerful. 
and again, he's doing this from the standpoint of being a, a, a Hasidic Jew and a Hasidic Jewish rabbi. So a very conservative and, and traditional Jewish uh, stream of Judaism. And um, he has so many tremendous writings that have impacted my life. Again, because of the gift in this instance of Father Mark Noonan, who introduced the writings of Abraham Heschel into my life and this particular book and this quote, I'm handing on to you. I want this to be a gift to you today. And if you can take what he said, remember now, he's saying all of this not rooted in some kind of like human-centered, autonomous, independent approach to one's own existence. No, his existence is radically connected to the life of the uh, the devout Jew, Jewish man and Jewish rabbi that he that he was. Uh, he said, uh, he, I'll, "I'll stop talking about him." He, but he had so many incredible quotes that um, that impacted my life, and I, I just think about um, you know his whole approach to to living and how how imp- impactful it was. So anyways, I, I, I just share that all with you. I'm looking, I'm actually looking at this book because there's so many, <laughs> so beautiful things. Uh, wow. I am commanded, therefore I am. Not I think, therefore I am. And he was, and he said, I am commanded to be, right? There's an indebtedness in the consciousness of man, an awareness of owing gratitude, of being called upon at certain moments to reciprocate, to answer, to live in a way which is compatible with the grandeur and mystery of living. Wow. Beautiful stuff. Okay. So to end up today's program, I hope and pray that you will reflect sometime today and maybe bring it into your prayer. Lord, I'm so grateful for the gift of life and for the gift of the people that you have sent into my life that have provided an open door that changed my life, changed the direction of my life, changed the course of my life, or opened me to sources of blessings that fundamentally were just coming into my life as a gift. For those people, we give thanks. For those people, we pray. But maybe today I encourage you to write them a note. Write them a thank you note. Express your gratitude and what they did for you. You see it, you acknowledge it, you appreciate it, and you thank God for them. That's not a very complicated thing to do, but it can be a very powerful and appropriate thing to do. Thank you, God, for Jim Degnan. Bless him and his wife in their lives right now. In Jesus' name, amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you so much for being with me today. Join me tomorrow for more Sound Insight.